0: Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing?
1: I pray that you are well and still exulting in the news and the reality of Roe versus Wade being overturned. But there is much yet to do, much work to do. We must not count it. It is a victory. Uh, blessed be God. But um, you know the enemy doubles his forces after such uh, a victory. And all the... Um, um pro-choice people are certainly um, doubling their efforts, redoubling their efforts, and causing havoc all over the country, like children who didn't get their way. But we need to be prepared. Um, John Smeaton is the head of a... Um, an apostolate called Spuck, Spuc, S P U C, standing for the Society for the Protection of the of the Unborn Child or Unborn Children, the Society for the Protection of Unborn Children in Ireland, and um, I should say uh, rather, I believe England, but um, he has written an article. In the uh, fantastic apostolate of Voice of the Family. If you don't know who they are, look for them online and subscribe to their emails. Um, They have a magnificent magazine, Calix Mariae, that's The Heel of Mary, comes out quarterly. It is top, absolutely top Catholic writing. Uh, Orthodox, faithful, wonderful. And John Smeaton has written the, an article, The Next Step for the U.S. Pro-Life M- Movement. The Next Step for the U.S. Pro-Life Movement. Now, he's in England, and he's trying to help us, because he took the example of Ireland, in Ireland, which backfired on the pro-life people, um, And he says, the American pro-life movement has achieved something which is magnificent to the point of being miraculous. The significance of the Supreme Court's decision to reverse their decision on Roe v. Wade is, is the fact that, amongst other things, ordinary U.S. citizens who are completely outside the establishment have toppled the false god of choice." A god, little g, a god worshipped by members of the pro-abortion elite, which runs virtually all the main institutions in the country. And a god, small g, who is tragically revered, to one extent or another, by most U.S. citizens, including Catholics. This is a pro-life leader um, in England who um, is well aware of what's going on in the United States and has suffered every bit of it Uh, in England and they've suffered in Ireland and all over the world. John Smeaton says, as a leading British journalist and former editor of The Spectator, The Daily Telegraph and The uh, Sunday Telegraph, as a leading British journalist observed last week, in order to be part of the establishment, it is necessary to be pro-abortion and to be entranced by concepts like gender fluidity and LGBT. Such ideologies are not supported by grassroots pro-life supporters anywhere in the world, and certainly not in the U.S. While Donald Trump's admirable appointment of three morally upright justices proved decisive in last week's historic triumph the supreme court's decision is principally the result of a half of half a century of relentless work by the pro life movement to under, overturn the sorry to overturn the infamous 1973 ruling which defined abortion as a woman's right and has cost the lives of over 63 million unborn children. Electing presidents who were committed to appointing pro-life justices was the top priority of every American pro-lifer I have met, says John Smeaton, on the various occasions I visited the United States over more than 40 years, working for the Society for the Protection of Unborn Children. In their dedication to reach this honorable goal, which is destined to save millions of human lives, ordinary American citizens have embarked with a loving perseverance on countless first-class educational programs, as well as intelligent, well-balanced, lobbying, and courageous, peaceful and prayerful witness to the sanctity of human life. Hold on one moment there. The qualities of this last activity have been in abundant evidence on pavements outside abortion clinics, in the ranks and leadership of pro-life groups, and even on the floor of the U.S. Congress and Senate. The achievement of the U.S. pro-life movement is all the more remarkable because it has been accomplished alone without the support of most of the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, whose children are among the most active members of the pro-life movement worldwide and whom her pastors are charged with leading in the fight. Instead catholic bishops have permitted pro-abortion catholic politicians as well as those who support same-sex so-called marriage to receive holy communion in breach of god's laws a permission which would surely be denied and rightly so to politicians who favored the killing of people of color or of any other group that might be targeted Now, this is from across the seas beloved at this point, John Smeaton says, "I must issue a friendly and respectful warning as long as Catholic officials continue to treat unborn children as second class citizens, the murderous regime regime in the United States is destined to get worse. I believe that also, despite the overturning of roe v Wade as The USA's abortion battle moves from the Supreme Court to the 50 states and to Washington, D.C. Let us consider the heartbreaking experience of the Republic of Ireland. In a referendum on the 7th of September, 1983, the efforts of ordinary Irish citizens resulted in the Eighth Amendment of the Irish Constitution, which was signed into law a month later, it famous, famously declared quote, "The state acknowledges the right to life of the unborn and with due regard to the equal right to life of the mother, guarantees in its laws to respect and as far as practicable, by its laws to defend and vindicate that right end quote. <coughs> of of Irish citizens who participated in the referendum voted to defend babies' lives before birth without exception. Phyllis Bowman, um, uh, my predecessor, the predecessor of um, uh, John Smeaton, um, she was CEO of SPUC, SPUC, the Society for the Protection of Unborn Children, Uh, Phyllis Bowman was a leading voice calling for the referendum and arguing for a yes vote. It proved to be a brilliant counter-revolution move, which saved the lives of over 100,000 babies. Since then, amidst great scandal, blatantly unrepentant pro-abortion politicians in Ireland were permitted... um, By bishops, by bishops, by bishops, by bishops. He doesn't repeat that. I'm repeating it. They were permitted by bishops to receive our Lord Jesus Christ in Holy Communion. Unrepentant, um, pro-abortion politicians were permitted by bishops in Ireland after they won the pro-life battle. The bishops permitted Pro-life politicians to receive our Lord Jesus Christ in Holy Communion. And in 1992 and 2002, disastrous statements from Catholic bishops encouraged Irish, Irish citizens to vote yes in referendums seeking to permit abortion in particular circumstances. By the grace of God. A majority of Irish citizens rejected the bishops' advice on those occasions. In 2018, however, two-thirds of Irish citizens voted in favor of repealing the Eighth Amendment. This is Twilight Zone, a horror film. Thirty-five years of malformation of Catholic consciences on the part of the Irish bishops had done its damage and resulted... In yet another abortion referendum, which reversed the 1983 decision, on the 25th of May, 2018, unborn Irish children were stripped of their dignity and protections by a huge majority of the adult voting population, with 66.9% in favor of killing the unborn, and only 33.1% against, almost the exact reverse of the result 35 years earlier. John Smeaton says there are two lessons to be learned from our tragic experience in the Republic of Ireland, and we'll we'll get to those two lessons when we come back from the break beloved feel free to call in during this entire hour with anything on your heart toll free one we'll be right back hello beloved this is mother miriam host of mother miriam live Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app
2: bring many more people closer to our Lord by letting them know about Catholic Radio. One of the simplest ways to promote Catholic Radio is by displaying a bumper magnet on your car. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road.
3: At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts, from planned gifts to employer matches. We even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the q number of those shares. That's one 877 6279 Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity.
1: nearing the end of an article by John Smeaton, head of the Society for the Protection of Unborn Children, um, uh, short title is SPUC, and he's talking about the um, uh, 1983 decision which reversed uh, the abortion in Ireland for any reason. And he said um, in 2018, and he's warning us uh, to not let down on our fight for the for unborn children following roe v wade because they won that battle in ireland but he said two-thirds in 2018 two-thirds of irish citizens voted in favor of repealing the eighth amendment 35 years this is the issue and it's the issue in the united states but more than 35 years in the United States. 35 years of malformation of Catholic consciences on the part of the Irish bishops had done its damage and resulted in yet another abortion referendum. And a referendum, and we can say many, much more than that. Um, uh, I don't know how... Um, how many years in the United States, um, it is the malformation and non-formation of Catholic consciences by um, by the U.S. bishops who have abandoned, for the most part, not totally, thanks be to God, <clears throat> but for the most part, aban- not only abandoned the sheep, but have taught them uh, to live in mortal sin. And, um, John Smeaton says in 2018, two thirds of the Irish citizens voted in favor of repealing the Eighth Amendment. Thirty-five years of malformation of Catholic consciences on the part of the Irish bishops had done its damage, and resulted in yet another abortion referendum. I keep doing that referendum, which reversed the 1983 decision on the 25th of May 2018 unborn Irish children were stripped of their dignity and protections by a huge majority of the adult voting population, with 66.9% in favor of killing the unborn, and only 33.1% against, almost the exact reverse of the result 35 years earlier. Now here's where we left off. John Smeaton says, there are two lessons to be learned from our tragic experience in the Republic of Ireland. Firstly, U.S. United States pro lifers must not make the same mistake as the Irish bishops, backing legislation at state level which expressly permits unborn children to be killed in certain circumstances. For example, in the case of rape, or if the child is disabled, or before a certain number of weeks' gestation. In the heat of the pro-life battle, we must always remember the Fifth Amendment, thou shalt not kill. Backing such legislation not only breaks God's law, but has disastrous practical consequences malforming the consciences of Catholics and non-Catholics alike and giving a signal both to politicians and ordinary citizens that voting to kill the innocent is acceptable. The only values which really protect the weakest and most vulnerable in society are moral absolutes. Moral absolutes, beloved. Before I was a Christian at all. Um, I worked for uh, a, a, a man in New York um, in publishing, and he was very upset about some issue. Uh, so many years ago, it was in the 70s, I don't recall the issue, but I remember him being so angry, and he pounded on the table, and they, we were at a restaurant, and the silverware went flying in the air, and he said, there are no absolutes. And I said to him, are there absolutely no absolutes? Yes, there are absolutes. God is God. And what he says is absolute. John Smeaton continues, the last half a century is proof that once legislators permit the direct killing of an unborn child in certain circumstances, the defense against killing an unborn child in any circumstance is torn away. I'm going to repeat that. Once legislators permit the direct killing of an unborn child in certain circumstances, doesn't matter what they are, the defense against killing an unborn child in any circumstance is torn away. Secondly... U.S. pro-lifers, United States pro-lifers, must continue to apply the incomparable qualities they have demonstrated in last week's triumph in the Supreme Court to their new top objective, persuading the Catholic bishops to use their unique apostolic power to get behind the pro-life fight. It's a little reverse, isn't it? Catholic bishops are supposed to be teaching the sheep. Instead, the sheep are begging their pastors to not kill God's children. John Smeaton says this must be done by nationwide organization, direct filial supplication, and above all, by prayer and sacrifice. This momentous achievement of the U.S. pro-life movement has given us hope in England, in Ireland, all over the world, but we can—I cont- I added that last part. <clears throat> but we continue to live through the most murderous war in human history, which continues to be waged in the United States, where only the battlefield has changed. Around two billion human beings are estimated to have been killed by abortion in the past thirty years. Can you even take that in? Two billion human beings murdered in their mother's wombs in the past 30 years. More than estimated, more than the estimated number of deaths in all of the wars combined in record history, the voices of pro-life groups need to be reinforced by the prophetic voices of bishops and reunited by their unequivocal teaching. We cannot win this battle on our own. Well, no. But we can win the battle with God, even if the bishops continue to betray us. We can win this battle with God. Do not get discouraged. That was the end of the article, beloved. If you would like to read it, go to voiceofthefamily.com um, and the title of the article is The Next Step for the U.S pro-life movement and i bless john smeaton uh non-american for writing such an article we don't have such an article written by anybody in america um we need to not repeat history and dear ones we cannot wait for the bishops to wake up or for god to convert their hearts um there is such evil coming from su- some bishops and not all We need to bless God for the good bishops among us and there are but the majority are have turned and incorporated evil uh, have abandoned their ordination have abandoned their vocation, and by their silence have left the sheep um, uh, to their to their uh, to the wolves so we we must Um, Never give up the fight. Don't even rest. Don't even take a month's vacation from the battle. We need to continue this fight, dear one. And I I want to remind you now that we will uh, take uh, the program. uh, I might read you Ezekiel chapter 36, which is God's. um, Let me see something, which is our Lord's warning. Let me see if I could bring it up to the wayward priests in the old um, in the Old Testament, um, he came down upon his priests in the Old Testament. The Pharisees and scribes um, of the new, actually, the Pharisees and scribes in the New Testament. Um, let me just—I'm looking up Ezekiel. The, the Pharisees and scribes in the New Testament are much better than the bishops of today in large part in large part i'm not speaking against the bishop someone accused me of of uh, being against bishops i'm not against bishops i love the church there'd be no church without the bishops i'm against errant bishops bishops who lead the street sheep astray bishops who are currently like a bishop soupage for example currently destroying destroying the church and, our, and for our Holy Father, I'm still calling him by that title, for the Pope to be appointing bishops who are helping him to destroy the Church. Bishops who are not Catholic, bishops who do not believe Catholic doctrine, and bishops who will continue to destroy the Church. He's replacing good, solid, Orthodox Christians, such as in Phoenix, with um, the good Bishop Olmsted, Um with a bishop who um, uh, supports and uh, celebrates masses for LGBTQ um, individuals, he could care less about their souls. He's helping them on the, roll to hell, on the road to hell. Um, let me see. ease. Okay. Hold on one moment. I want to read you, as long as we don't have anything yet on the... Um, I think it's Ezekiel chapter 36. May not be. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Let me just see. Which um, you have profane. Um, let me just see if this is the chapter on the, on the priest's. You know, if you want to know, dear ones, if you want to support, um, if you want to support our Lord's um, teaching, all you need to do is look up scripture. That's all you need to do. Um, Okay, let me try once more. I should know this. I've read it several times. I've read it so many times. Um, I'm sorry. What I should do is, is um, maybe go ahead and, and take your calls and find this passage uh, during our break. I'm sorry to take so long. And I've I've read through it. Um, I could probably, from memory, tell you what it says. Um, but let me begin to take your calls and your emails and the toll free number one eight seven seven five one one. 5483 or email at mother at the station of the dot com. There's the music for our second break. Dear ones, we have a full half hour when we come back and this would be a perfect time for you to call in with anything on your heart um, again uh, or text at one 5483 or email at mother at the station of the dot com and we'll be right back.
4: This is Jim Roy, president of the Station of the Cross. Thank you for helping us reach our 2022 Spring Appeal goal and take advantage of this amazing challenge-give opportunity. Because of your generosity, we received an additional $30,000 from one of our benefactors. If you enjoy our programming and have never donated, or if you were not able to donate during the Spring Appeal, Please consider making a donation to help us meet additional needs that are not funded through our appeals, but will enhance our network. Your support will build on the success of our Spring Appeal and help our mission to make the greatest possible impact. To become a donor, call 1-877-711-8500 or go to thestationofthecross.com or use the donation page from your iCatholic Radio mobile app or return the envelope from one of our mailings. Thank you again for your generosity and for helping us to save the family. And may the Holy Family always guide and protect your family. God bless you.
2: Do you love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information.
4: What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give.
0: I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it.
5: I was attending the chapel and places like that, and through your programs, I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station of the cross.
2: Donate today at thestationofthecross.com.
1: mother miriam live on the station of the cross and life site news i'm thrilled 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 to be with you this is our full half hour and as i said i was going to look up a passage in um hold on now in ezekiel where god is rebuking his priests um and hold on now i did find it um I did find it, but it just left me. Hold on. Okay. Um, this is Ezekiel saying, <clears throat> the word of the Lord came... I don't know if this is the passage I'm thinking of, but it's, it's what I have before me. The word of the Lord came to me, says Ezekiel, son of man, and this is, um, let's see, chapter 22, and, um, The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. This is God speaking to his priests in the Old Testament. Son of man, say to her, you are a land that is not cleansed. This is Israel or reigned upon in the day of indignation. Her princes in the midst of her are like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured human lives. They have taken treasure and precious things and they have made many widows in the midst of her. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the common. Neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean. They have disregarded my Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. Um... Okay, it, 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 let me just read the, the the end of this little paragraph. It's still not what I'm looking for. Um, <clears throat> Her prophets have daubed for them with whitewash, seeking false visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus says the Lord, when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. They have oppressed the poor and needy and have extorted from the sojourner without redress. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with my fire. The fire of my wrath, their way I have requited upon their heads, says the Lord God. <clears throat> well, I think I'm going to need one more uh, break to look for. Um, here, I've got it now. I've got this now, and I'm going. We have no live calls on the line at the moment. I'm going to read this. This is what I've been looking for, and it's God's. Um, words against the false shepherds of israel we the church are the israel of god we are the israel of god fulfilled in israel's that's what catholic church is that's what christianity is the israel of god fulfilled through the jewish messiah who came for israel through israel for the entire world christianity is Israel, fulfilled in its Messiah, spread to the four corners of the earth, and I think God's words to the false shepherds of Israel in the Old Testament would be his words to the shepherds today, or worse. Reading from chapter 34 of Ezekiel, the word of the Lord came to me, quote, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Ho, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with wool, you slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the crippled you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, because my sheep have become a prey, And my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd. And because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand, and put a stop to their feeding the sheep, No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. You say, well, this is Old Testament. No, this is the word of God. Yes, in the Old Testament. It's Old Testament because we have a New Testament, which does not abolish the Old. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. He continues in Ezekiel chapter 34. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when some of his sheep have been scattered abroad, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the people's And gather them from the countries, and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the fountains, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and upon the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on fat pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel." I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the cripple and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will watch over. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I judge between sheep and sheep Rams and he goats, it is not enough for you to feed on the good pasture, that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture, and to drink of clear water, that you must pull the rest of your feet? And must my sheep eat where you have trodden with your feet, and drink what you have fouled with your feet? Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, behold, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. So he's against, our Lord is against shepherd who betray their vocation and destroy the sheep that God has uh, brought them to save. And he's against sheep who go astray and destroy other sheep. He says, Because you push with side and shoulder and thrust all the weak with your horns till you have scattered them abroad, I will save my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. And he shall feed them. And he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. And it goes on, um, how God will appoint his own shepherd, and he did. He appointed David, and our Lord Jesus Christ is the son of David. He is the shepherd of the flock, and he is God. He is both God and shepherd, and he will save his flock. But he has left it to us by his power, beloved, by his grace, he has left it to us by His grace to live His law, the new law of love and fulfill the Ten Commandments in love. Um, and He has appointed shepherds over His new flock and given them the orders and the power to lead the sheep to heaven. But I am saying now, I'm not reading, that you shepherds have destroyed. You have not led the sheep. You have been um, evil shepherds you have been false shepherds I don't know how you became shepherds I don't know if when you were ordained as bishops uh, and I'm speaking to the bishops uh, such as um, Cardinal Supich, such as uh, um, soon to be Cardinal McElroy Bishop Dolan um, Cardinal um, um, oh, I can't even think of his name in, in, in Washington D.C. Uh, so many who are evil if you were evil yourselves you would reap that reward of being evil but you will have a special place in hell for leading God's sheep astray for destroying God's people for killing them um, for passing laws to kill them in their mother's wombs which means you have committed murder because you have made it possible and anyone who has voted for pro-choice laws has uh, is in God's sight a murderer because you have made it. You say, well, I haven't killed any child. Oh, yes, you have. You've killed millions of children if you vote for pro-choice laws where the legislators can uh, sign a paper that allows uh, whomever to kill children in their mother's wombs. You are murderers, every one of you. Um, You have to repent. You have to return to the Lord your God. There's still time. No matter how much evil you've done, there is time right now, before you go to sleep tonight, to repent and to change. God died for you on the cross. He lives to forgive you. He waits to forgive you. There is no sin. These are Mother Angelica's words. No sin greater than his mercy. He waits. Why did Judas... Uh, go to hell. Did he go to hell? Yes, Bishop Barron, Judas is in hell. It says so, the son of perdition in the scriptures. He went to hell because of the crimes he committed, no, but because he would not call on the mercy of God and hung himself. God is waiting. It doesn't matter. Cardinal Soupage, uh you have done irreparable damage to the church cardinal gregory that's who wilton gregory that's who i was thinking of you have all done irreparable damage to the church if you die in your sleep tonight you will spend forever in hell and my my if you die without repenting you will be in hell Um, you will not have any choice you've made your choice and you need to repent. People say, well, how do we prepare for the second coming of Christ? How do we prepare for all that's coming? The same way you prepare to go to bed every night with a good examination of conscience and by repentance. God will forgive you. He will forgive even you who allow President Biden to receive communion. Uh, he is a child killer. He is a murderer. And you are allowing him to receive communion. USCCB Every single bishop on that committee is on his way to hell. If you say, well, you voted against it, you're still on. You should resign. Resign from that evil group. They should be abolished. And they have no authority. Bishops, I beg you to remember, the USCCB is not an arm of authority. They have no authority over you. Your authority is the pope directly if you are a bishop. Um... And if you don't repent, you will wind up in hell. You probably are so deranged and so deformed and so filled with Satan's ideology that you'll laugh at what I'm saying. I'm not saying anything the Bible doesn't say. You may laugh, but you won't laugh in hell. You may not believe that there's a hell. Your belief does not determine reality. You need to repent every single one of you and the worst one of you who repents will have a party thrown for you in heaven at one sheep who has returned to the flock there's the music for our break beloved we'll be right back
2: Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We look forward to joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. Praise be to Jesus. May God love you.
1: A prayer to the Sacred Heart that St. Gertrude the Great wrote. I salute thee, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is inflamed. Pour into my heart the great graces of which thine is the source and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine that thy will may be mine and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen. It's our last segment. Oh, things went so quickly today. And we have 10 minutes, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Our lines are open. Toll free 1 877 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the We have Edward from Los Angeles on the line. Hi, Edward. Hello, mother. Hi, sweetie.
5: So I live in California and, um, it's very sad. Um, the governor is really promoting abortion, I know. and um, he wants to enshrine it into our Constitution. He intends to make this state a safe haven for it, quote. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, there are many people here who don't understand their faith, and I don't think they even want to understand their faith. And mm-hmm. So now I wanted to ask you, as I even have people in my family who, who sometimes they don't understand, Hmm. Could someone be excommunicated for voting for these politicians who want to make it part of their agenda to promote abortion and to make abortion more accessible?
1: I think yes. And they don't have to be formally excommunicated by a bishop or the pope. There's such a thing as automatic excommunication. If I commit murder, then I'm excommunicated Uh, until I might repent and come back and be received back into the church it's an automatic if i have an abortion it's automatic excommunication people don't know that but they are excommunicated if i vote for laws god said thou shalt not kill and if i vote for a law that says thou shalt kill at random at thy will i then i'm making it possible i'm voting for murder i'm against the commandments i'm against god i believe so
5: Thank you for telling me. At least yeah. I have that information, so I can make sure to warn a very yeah. Catholic woman who I don't want to, who, who I want to make sure doesn't vote for that.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, Edward. God bless you, dear one, and just continue to pray for them. Live before them. Your faith. Be heroic, and um, and uh, ask God to give you opportunity to tell them the seriousness of of their choices. God bless you, dear one. Thanks for calling in. We have an email from Peter who says, Regarding the current video on the other meaning of the ascension, I was waiting to hear the meaning when you went to the emails and calls. What is the meaning you're referring to? Uh, This is a um, two-part question here. So the first part Peter, I I don't know what you are referring to as the other meaning of the ascension. Um, When I spoke of the ascension uh, this past season, um, I I mentioned uh, ascension tide, uh, one word, A-S-C-E-N-S-I-O-N-T-I-D-E, because there's an octave. So ascension tide would... Uh, would run from the eve, the vigil of the Ascension, right through to Pentecost. Such as Christmas, Christmas Tide, runs from Christmas uh, right through to Epiphany, and then Epiphany Tide, and then um, um, Paschal Tide, uh, which runs to the Ascension, or to Pentecost, actually. So um, when we speak of Ascension Tide, we're speaking of the entire length of the time given to the celebration of these major, major feasts and happenings in the history of the Church. Um, It's not just a day. Since Vatican II, we've lost most of that. We've even lost the Feast of the Ascension on Thursday, and it's been moved till Sunday, as all the uh, holy days have, which means that Catholics don't know their faith. Uh, Even even. Uh, they go to church on Sunday, and they may hear it's the Feast of the Ascension, but that's all they hear, and they don't know their faith. So um, uh, that's, Peter, I'm, I'm guessing, <coughs> that, that's what that was about. <coughs> Excuse me. If you heard something else, write in again and let me know more specifically. You have a second question. What about the SSPX and schism? according to the canon lawyer and theologian and his multiple phds father gregory hess h-e-s-s-e they were never in schism i trust his judgment on all things as he is very cautious about what he says and how he says it peter peter i don't know father gregory hess or who he is i will look him up um I'm, I'm glad he has all those PhDs, uh, that he's a canon lawyer and theologian, but a higher canon lawyer, such as Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, who was prefect of the congregation, um, prefect of the apostolic signature, the second in, in highest office next to the Pope himself, um, says they were in schism and they are in schism. Others say they are not. Um I believe that Father Gerald Murray, who is an absolute top canon lawyer, who I trust thoroughly, um, believes they are still in schism. Uh, I have an email from Emmy. Emmy, I apologize to you that I said I I took your email um, back in May and I said I would um, get back to you on that uh, because I, I need to write a couple of Uh, canon lawyers uh, to get the definitive um, wording on this, Uh, but I would not trust Father Gregory Hess above Cardinal Burke. Uh, Again, I will look him up, and I will do more research into this and write the canon lawyers that I've been intending to write. Um, And so, Peter, I'll get back to both you and Emmy. We have an email from Tina. Tina says, my husband and I raised five children as Catholics. My husband was raised in the Methodist Church. After a near-death experience, he has expressed interest in becoming a Catholic. The present Catholic Church is not inspirational. Can you give me guidance in how to move forward in helping him get instruction to become Catholic? There are reasons he has resisted until now, including the serious problems with some priests. So I pray to lead him properly. Thank you, Tina. Tina, we have a minute to the closing music of our program today. So let me say very, very quickly, um, <clears throat> get him two books. One is, um, oh my goodness, by Carl Adam, uh, The Spirit of Catholicism. That's the, the title. The Spirit of of Catholicism, Carl with a K, Adam. The second book you could give him is Surprised by Truth by Patrick Madrid. It's the first one, 11 Evangelical Pastors Who Became Catholic. Um, turn him, give him the, uh, the website of, um, oh my goodness, Catholic... Um, the Journey Home Journey Home International Uh, Journey Home International are pastors our clerks uh, people who have come into the Catholic Church from all forms of Protestantism including um, the the Methodist Church so um, it's Coming Home Network that it is Coming Home Network Um, look there Uh, it's all the information you'll need um On any particular issues he has, he can go to Catholic.com and type the specific issue into their search box, and he will get a tremendous amount of information. Um, Tell him Frank Sheed's comments. The church is the cause of the holiness of its members, but its holiness is not measured by her response the church is the cause of the holiness of its members by its its holiness is not measured by their response the priests who are causing um tremendous scandal throughout the world and leading the sheep astray are not witnesses to the catholic church at all they are not witnesses to our doctrine they are witnesses to sheep and shepherds gone astray who do not have the faith, and yet call themselves priests and shepherds. God bless you all. And we'll speak with you, God willing, tomorrow.